Hello, and welcome to Nice Jewish Fangirls, a podcast where three Orthodox women discuss all of the wonderfully nerdy things that we are obsessed with. My name is Michal Schick, and I'm your host, and I'm joined by my wonderful co-hosts, S.M. Rosenberg. Hi. And Tamar Herman. Hello. So, guys, long awaited. We're going to actually talk about fan fiction. I am so excited. Yeah. So excited. I mean, we've obviously spoken about fan fiction a lot before. <laughs> Only a little bit. <laughs> but, yeah, so Only we're... Uh, yeah, we're going to actually dive in and really get um, get into the weeds tonight or today or whatever time you happen to be listening to this. Um as always, though, we are going to start off with our current obsessions. Um, I'm going to start just because I want to make sure none of you guys steal this. Um, <laughs> I'm obsessed with The Mandalorian, which is the new, uh, the kind of centerpiece of the Disney Plus tiara diamond sparkly thing um, that, um, yeah, the new, the new live action Star Wars television show, basically. Um, and I was very skeptical uh, and I was skeptical into, like, 95% of the first episode because it just really looked to me like a, a gunslinging, like, Western, like, oh, look how cool and gritty Star Wars can be with all these, like, hardened, like, bounty hunters. And I'm like, that's not interesting to me. Um, I'm not going to spoil it because the internet's still a little sketchy on exactly what constitutes spoilers, because we all have to remember what it's like to watch TV. I was going to say, I don't have Disney Plus. I'm like, yeah, I'm not planning on getting Disney Plus. <laughs> not yet. I, I mean, I am, but I just don't have it yet. I think, like, I mean, the the shots of uh, Buffy and from the set of the Winter Soldier and the Falcon show, those are the most tempting to me right now, but I'm just like... I don't want another account. I don't want another streaming service. I have so many. Good for you. You're stronger than I am. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but you also get it for work, so it's different. Uh, yeah, but I mean, I have. I'm I'm watching it on a family account. Um, uh, I mean, Verizon. If you have certain accounts from Verizon, you get it free for a year. I just have to open up my family's account, and I haven't had the time to do it. Yeah. Um. So I got in on the on the early um, Disney Plus, where you pay like hundred something dollars for three years and I was like, Yes, all right, take take our money, Disney. It's yours. Ah, uh, I wanted that. We don't have like <laughs> you had to be there, right? Um, no. It was actually they opened it up in general. Um, oh no, I missed it. I know, sorry, I don't want to continue because I'm just gonna make you feel bad. But anyway the Mandalorian. So the Mandalorian, um I again not gonna spoil it Who but Who is I, the Mandalorian? What is the Mandalorian? So Baby many Yoda. so many things we don't know, but it takes a turn. <laughs> That basically changes the entirety of, like, the perce- my perception of the show. And basically, like, tells you what the actual show is about and what the heart of the show is and why they're making this show in the first place. And it they're does not place. appear to be so that we can have a badass, stoic Western in space. Um, and I am, like, fully on board and there just need to be more female characters and I will be, like, very, very, a very happy person. Um, yeah, other than that. Is it just Firefly sequel and they're just lying to everyone? No, no, it's definitely not, because The Mandalorian is, like, a super loner and is, like, you know, works alone and all that kind of thing. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, so it's, only the first two episodes uh, are out at the time of recording, um, but it's, um, after a little bit of a shaky premiere, in my opinion, although people disagree with me, um, I think it's, it's off to a very promising start and I'm super excited to see where it goes 
And it's just on, on a side note, it's also really exciting to see people like watch a streaming show week by week and be like, and like get on board and, and, and continue the conversation. Because if this was going by the Netflix model where everything dropped in a week uh, or on, you know, on one day, we would have, we wouldn't be talking about this anymore. So it's really exciting just to have that cultural um, thing, have time to breathe. And in my yeah. opinion, I didn't know that it was still, uh, that it was a week by week thing. I thought from the way that people were talking about it, I just kind of assumed that it was just a, a big drop and everybody was binging it right now. Yeah, no, it's all, it's all one. Uh, I mean, it's not all one. It's not one drop. It's one episode at a time. Um, the first two episodes came out pretty quickly because the first one came out when the series, when the streaming service started um, on the on Tuesday, and then the next episode came out on Friday, and now they're airing on Fridays. So, um, yeah, so that was a little close. And now I'm like, I totally believe in this in this model, but I'm also like, what happens next? And I'm, I have to like pull myself back and be like, calm down, it's okay. This is how normal people watch television. It's all right. Um, Tamar, what is your current obsession? My current obsession is Naomi Novik's Spinning Silver. Finally, finally thank God. <laughs> um, I, I, I know we want to discuss it, like, in full one time on an episode, hopefully. Yeah, but... I still haven't read it, so yeah, I mean, spoilers. Honestly, I didn't, I don't know if you read the short story that was, no. um, so there was a short story of it, and I didn't really like it. And I, I just read this one. I just read the book over Shabbos. And, and honestly, I have never felt more seen in my entire life. Like, I know that sounds really silly, but I've read so much fantasy. And for this, you know, you know, casual anti-Semitism in a middle, like in a European country and, you know, like magic being like uh, from based in like a Jewish tradition instead of, you know, Christianity. Like, it's not like there aren't authors using Judaism in their magic. Like I can think of, you know, Sarah J. Mass, like and a lot of things are, are Jewish there. And, and I've spoken about Cassie Clare's stuff before, but it just, it felt so real. Like, like there's, I don't want to give spoilers, but there's just scenes where, you know, they talk about, Oh, the Jews. And I was just like, that is so relatable to like, the, the Jewish experience that I know of happening in Europe. And, and I just had a conversation with somebody. I've had a, a few conversations with friends recently who aren't Jewish, who don't like, who don't understand how recent the Holocaust is and how, and how impactful European anti-Semitism and just, you know, anti-Semitism in general was specifically European anti-Semitism is still well and alive and flowing through our DNA and something that like we will never get over ever um and this book kind of like put that into words and and it wasn't the whole book the whole book you know isn't based on that i didn't love everything about the book but you know there's there's a wedding with a ketubah and that's a, a key plot point like when does that happen you know it just felt you know it, it wasn't obnoxiously religious it didn't feel like if you weren't you know, an Orthodox Jew, you wouldn't resonate with you, what this book is, but it just felt nice. And I know, like, I don't, it just felt really nice to read a book where, you know, I just was, I felt I could be, the main character's name is Miriam, and I, I felt, oh, I could be Miriam. I might, this could be someone in my family. I could be related to this person. And, and it's just, I don't know, it really resonated with me. I'm, I really am obsessed with it, and I need to go buy a copy. 
I got from the library. Okay, so now you know how I feel. <laughs> yeah, now I know. Yes, and one day I will read it, and then we will have an episode. We're gonna about give it. you. Oh gosh, we're gonna you give you a copy. Yeah, yeah. I'll actually. My sister just went out and bought another copy because she like was. She she was like, I need to read this book again, and she didn't have a copy on hand, so she just bought another. It's it's so special, and it's so, it so yeah special. Yeah, it is. It is everything I wish I had. <laughs> Between this, we should do you know a book recommendation list, like maybe a Goodreads or something. But it's a whole spiel, and this I think they're two of the most impactful books in my entire life, just because I feel I don't that somebody else knows what I was going through. And, and Naomi Novik, you know, she, her mom's not Jewish. Her dad is, but she's part Polish. Her mom's Polish and her dad's, um, I think Ashkenazi. But so the book, she, I was reading some interviews and pretty much she, she took what she knows from both sides. And that's why she takes all these myths that are kind of like Eastern European and integrates them into Jewish life. And it just felt really wonderful to, to not feel but I don't know if either of you read Sarah J. Mass's books, but there's, uh, what is it? There's something very prominent in it that's Hebrew. I don't remember if it's the book or the cauldron, but there's something very, very Hebrew about a lot of it. A lot of the spells are in Hebrew. And I just thought it was cheesy, but this wasn't cheesy because it was it was true. It, it felt like, like the Jewish authentic. experience. Yeah, it felt, I don't like the word authentic. That's why I don't want to say it. There's, <laughs> there's a lot of there's a few articles on racism and authenticity so I, I try not to use the word but but yeah the the it just felt very real and very relatable and not forced and not oh you know i because i think sarah j mass might be jewish it wasn't oh here i'm gonna throw in something jewish and it's gonna be you know the thing but i'm not gonna say it's jewish because i mean even you guys know my reaction to cassandra clare's books so i was just like whoa this makes so much sense she's jewish that's why she has a jewish vampire like just just having the connection to the writing is something I never really feel all that often because you know I don't get it I mean I I mean I get you know I get it I just don't it's not me and this was me yeah I I had an ex well I don't know if I want to spoil it for I won't say it now but um <laughs> I, I have a lot of feelings a lot of feelings about that book and um, most of them are good uh very good so SM what is your uh, current obsession. Well, my current obsession fits very well in this spot because it is um, a book like Tamar's, and it also very, very strongly relates to fan fiction we're discussing very shortly. Um, because it is not fan fiction itself, but the book is called Red, White, and Royal Blue, and I got it for my birthday. Um, and it is amazing. And it just, it is amazing in all the ways that fanfic can be amazing, where it just takes all of these, all of these hilarious tropes and just throws them all together and makes this story just, like, total popcorn candy and just, like, everything it's like, they start out, like, it's, it's a romance between the first son of the United States of America, the president's son. Um, his name is Alec. And he, uh, spoiler, falls in love with the Prince of England, whose name is Henry. So there's Prince Henry and there's first son Alec. And they start off, they hate each other. And then due to reasons, they are forced to spend oh, time no, together. No, it's ETL. Wow. wow. I feel like I've read this fanfic. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like you can tell from the writing that like 
this person has clearly, you know, spent a lot of time in fan in fandom and fandom communities. Um, but like, you know, this is like one of the the top fanfic writers in that community. You're like, I'm absolutely sure that like whatever fandom she was in, she was very popular. <laughs> was it one of those stories that was from fandom to not? No, I mean, like, this is very much building on the 2016 election and just, like, the attitudes you see in America. So it's not so much fan fiction on any particular property, but on, you know, real-world fanfic. Um, uh, yeah, so they, like, they, they hate each other, and then they're forced to, to befriend each other in public, and then they actually secretly like each other, because they get stuck in a closet together, and, <laughs> like, all of the tropes, and then there's just, like, emails and texts and late-night phone calls, and, it's like, keeping it secret from everybody, but then one by one people find out, and, like, yeah, oh, I, I'm not gonna spoil, like, plot stuff, but <laughs> it's just so funny and so beautiful, and this, this is a wonderful, wonderful romance love story, and it's just, like, it's got all the cliches, but... It's also very gay, so it's like, what could be better? It's just so good. Um, yeah, no, in the writing, the the jokes, the characters, they're all they're all just really fun and really funny. And yeah, I there, I don't think that there has been a book that I've read recently that I have recommended quite as highly as I've recommended this one. And like so far, I have gotten two people that I know of to read it since I started posting about it on Facebook. And like, so like two people in a month is not bad. Um, yeah, so I am telling you guys to read it. <laughs> um, yeah, I might be willing to lend it to somebody, but it's very precious to me, so maybe not. Well, but... we have two strikes against this. One of it, one is that it takes place in the real world, and the other one is that there's but a romance. But it's not really the real world. So... It's not really. The politicians are so much better. I mean, like, there is some cynicism, but it's kind of like the West Wing real world. I was about to say, it sounds like the West Wing real world. It pretty much is. <laughs> oh, it's the first female president of the United States. Let's just say that. That's Alex's mom. And, oh my god, she's she's hilarious. <laughs> she deals with everything in PowerPoint presentations. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Alright, so that sounds awesome. Uh, Wait, what, you said there were two strikes against it. What was the second strike? Oh, it take, right. takes place in reality and it's a romance. Sounds great to me. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't like romance. <laughs> I, I mean, it sounds like, doesn't Meg Cabot have this book? It's not the same, but she has... Somebody who, you know, she saves the president and she ends up dating the president's daughter. It sounds son. like a Meg Cabot story. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's a Meg Cabot one. What is it? I want to read it. I, I don't know what it is, but I want to read it. What is it called? Yeah, All American Girl. It was a Meg Cabot. That was a. Okay, it's going on my list. I mean, <laughs> I have so this many is like an extremely right niche birthday, trope. But uh, yeah, when I'm, when I'm done with all of those and all the books on my shelf, yeah, maybe I'll get to that one. Oh, man. Well, um, moving from the, um, you know, idealized life fanfiction of America, um, onto, uh, actual fanfiction. Yeah, guys, I, I think we should go around and say first, like, what is our, like... Relationship with fanfiction? Yeah, yeah. What, what, how did we find fanfiction? What has it done for us? What do we like to read? Um, all of that. SM, why don't you get started? Okay. Well, this is a difficult question of like, how did I first come across fan fiction? I feel like I've fan fiction is something that I've always known existed. I cannot remember how I first found out about it because it's just like 
always been there. Um, but yeah, um, it tends to be for me that it, it, it usually is that like, I would watch a show and then there would just not be enough, you know, there would not be enough of a particular relationship or particular characters. And I just really, really wanted to see more, you know, like often, often a lot of the shows that I watch get canceled, you know, very, very young, untimely deaths. Um, and there's just not enough. So I would like seek out some fanfic and I would just, I would read that and then it would be like, okay, I'm good. Now it's fine. I can, I can move on. Um, but occasionally I would fall in with some kind of a show, like it happened with Bones, um, it happened with Glee, um, specifically with, uh, with the character of Kurt. Like I was, before Kurt even had a love interest, most fanfic tends to be geared toward romance, but like Kurt didn't even have a love interest on the show for an entire season, but he was still like the most compelling character by far. And I would just like, I would go on fanfic.net and I would just read everything about Kurt. <laughs> like it didn't matter. There was, there was no, there was sometimes, sometimes they invented, there were a lot of original characters that were invented to be his love interest. Um, but mostly it was just about Kurt being awesome. <laughs> I was just like, I'm so here for this. Um, and then they introduced uh, Daring Chris's character of Blaine in season two, and then it, be it became, you know, like, there was a whole rabbit hole on LiveJournal of um, of Clayne fanfic, and I was just reading all of it. <laughs> um, and then I kind of fell out of fanfiction, and I, uh, I didn't fall back into it so much. Like, it was just the sporadic, you know, reading up on on some characters and some relationships after the sh after shows didn't give me enough of them and but I didn't fall down a rabbit hole until after Endgame which I've discussed <laughs> and I have uh fallen down a uh, a rabbit hole of um Captain America Tony Stark uh fanfics because I just really really like that dynamic and like I keep reading it even though sometimes like I feel like they don't do the characters like Tony Stark is a very difficult character <laughs> to 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 write and to write well and like sometimes it's just you know it's an entirely different character from the one that I really you know want to be seeing um but there are so so many good writers and there is so much material and I'm just like keep just churning through all of these fics and just like um yeah eventually I'll you know every once in a while you know I hit on something that's like just absolutely perfect and I'm just like ah oh, this is amazing <laughs> um but yeah that's my and and like I mentioned in a previous episode that like I'm currently um doing my own podfic audiobook of a particular novel length fanfic that is just so good <laughs> um and yeah, so like that's my current position with fanfic and I also um I did at some point I think it was between Bones and Glee that I was in college and I uh was assigned to write a research paper on like literally anything and I wrote a paper uh, making a case for uh, fan fiction and the good that it brings to the world, <laughs> pretty much. And uh, I was thinking that, like, I should probably dig that up and then we could give out the link <laughs> when we post the episode. It's like, if anybody wants to read SM's 16-page paper on fanfic with 63 footnotes, you can do that. <laughs> um, nice. Yeah. So, yes. To sum up, that is, that is my, my fanfic story. Yeah, I think there's definitely some themes there that uh, I know I'll be revisiting. Um, <laughs> how about you, Tamar? Uh, so I actually remember distinctly when I got into fanfic. It was when I was in fifth grade because I was in SAR's 
and I hated it. I thought that would be so fun, and it was not. And somebody wait, which play was it? I think it was Wizard of Oz that year. Oh, I remember that one. Or it was Lion. Maybe it was Lion King. I was in. I was in two. I don't know why I kept doing. It. <laughs> I'm terrible at singing. Uh, I just thought it'd be so fun, and I thought all the cool kids did it to do it as they are <laughs> anyway <laughs> anyway uh, I remember I became friends with somebody uh, I actually know who it is I'm not gonna say who it is but I know who she is I'm not friends with her anymore but she's a big deal and I became friends with somebody and she just introduced me to the world of uh, fan fiction I don't remember if it was Harry Potter or Lord of the Rings fan fiction but it was one of those two uh, it was all very neat very not like neat but i i just i know yeah, just because uh, as i was talking about you novel like i didn't even really like know what smut fiction was until... but for the time i i mostly read harry potter and lord of the rings stuff some charmed very fanfic. i used to sit in the back of my eighth grade classes not read anything not doing any of my work i would just write in a notebook charmed fanfic sometimes it would be charmed and harry potter crossover and yeah, I don't know. I didn't really engage with fanfic between like much of high school and then maybe a few years ago, maybe in college, I started reading it again. It's going to be controversial, but I'm going to say it. I do like RPF real person fanfic. Oh, I, I have many thoughts on RPF. We can get so back to that. I have later. many, I actually have many thoughts of it because it, I, it's my career and we can get into that and how I, I actually explicitly don't read certain artists um, for a lot of reasons, whether it's because I deal with them all the time, whether it's because they're my favorite artists and I don't actually, I can't see them in the fictive light. Like they're actually real people. Mm -hmm. uh, it's like, there's a lot, I, I've actually like talked about it with friends and like, I don't know if I can read it morally, but I mean, thankfully I can make enough of a separation. Like I think RPF in general, if you're reading it, you have to make the separation and it, but it, it is a mm -hmm. danger but there are people who don't know how to separate the fiction and the reality. So, like, I feel really... This is the first time I've, like, ever admitted... Not admitted, but, like, on the record said that I've read it. I, like, read K-pop fan fiction. And, I mean, I don't think there's anything, you know, fan fiction. But I do think that sometimes I do think about, you know, is, is it crossing a boundary? Um, but I also think that about pretty much anything with K-pop and professionalism. So, it's just a little bit different. But it's pretty intense i don't know i just feel like it's a very weird unique not unique a weird distinct problem yeah i mean rpf i think we should definitely um talk about um later because uh, that is that is its own mm, world <laughs> um yeah i mean so as for me i i think the first time i found fan fiction is i like i literally don't know how i got to fanfiction.net but somehow I did, and I remember one of the first things I saw there was um, "You've Got Mail," and I, I was—I remember being like literally blown away by like just lists and lists of movies and TV shows and books that people were just like. I was just like, "What do you mean? There are all these other stories about this?" Um, and yeah, for me, it's kind of connected to my mood. Like, I, I will definitely have fan fiction moods, and I will have times when I'm like totally—I don't—I don't need any fan fiction in my life at that time or I don't have time for it. But, um, I do, I have, I have written a couple of pieces. Um, I'm kind of weird in that my fan fiction reading tastes and my writing tastes are, um, depressing. <laughs> Why are they depressed? I don't, I don't write romance and I don't write, well, that's obvious. I don't write or read romance and I don't usually write anything happy 
fluff is not my thing. Um, I am a hurt, no comfort kind of person. Oh, those are the worst sort of people. Angst, angst, <laughs> angst, 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 angst. I think you of know, it as a... I'm saying, I'm just so, so everyone knows, Michal is not alone. There are people out there who write this stuff pretty exclusively, who read this stuff, who seek this stuff out. It is a perfectly normal subset. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm making fun of Michal, not of everybody <laughs> yes. else. <laughs> just Michal. Michal is the only one that's weird yeah, here. Every, no, I mean, like, everybody else, go ahead and do your thing. Michal, come on, <laughs> let's find you some happiness in your life. You don't need to feel the pain through angst only. But, but, but it feels good. I don't oh, know why. Talk to your therapist you ther- 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 about this. I, I, I can't, I can't, like, accurately explain it, really. Um, oh, no. But I, I the feel, the, the, the closest I've come is that, like, it feels like an emotional massage. But like, it's kind of. It's like why people listen to sad songs, you know? Like. Yeah, except that in this case, I can imagine a character that I love suffering very badly. (laughs) I don't know. I like it. Um, But yeah, so all my fan fiction is is pretty dark, and um, and yeah, I think I have one or two that that have sort of happy endings, but they're um, or look toward happy endings, but they're also those were prompts. Um, for uh, Yuletide, which is the archive of our own annual small fic, uh, small fandom fanfiction exchange, which I am signed up for this year and have to actually start writing that thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, the reason I love, well, one of the reasons I love fanfiction is partly because a lot of people tell you that you shouldn't. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's the man, those suckers. But it's like, it to me, there. The, the strength of reaction on the on the negative side to it are is so wildly disproportionate to what's actually going on which is that you know you get all these accusations of copyright and you know like you know like well, I talked bad, about it in my paper yeah and, and like bad behavior like bad 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 and people things. say that it's just, you know, because it's not original and it's deri- it's entirely derivative of someone else's, that therefore it doesn't have artistic value. And it's like, shut up. Yeah. Shut up. And it's just, it's so, um, you know, it's, it's people doing, like, acting on the instinct that, like, humanity has told stories based on for, like, literally centuries. Um, and I, you know, we can, if we want, we can get into, like, the debate about whether you know, Midrash is, is fan fiction of Tanakh. Um, but, um, I mean the new Testament. Well, yeah, (laughs) that's, that's a whole, that's a whole thing too. Um, but, but I, I just always find like, why are people getting so upset that like people are telling more stories, you know, like I, I get, I can, you know, as, as somebody who tries to write creatively, like I can understand why you wouldn't be like, I am so happy that somebody, you know, took this plot line that I, I tried, I worked very, very hard on and like character development that I arranged in a certain way specifically and like just decides to change it. But like, that's the way people interact with art. Like they're interacting. They're not just consuming. They're actively responding to it. And to me, that's like just such a a great, beautiful thing. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. I just think Go ahead, Samar. Okay, I was just going to say one positive thing, you know, about Joss Whedon, who, you know, has many negatives, as we know, but uh, one positive thing uh, about him, I think, that I quoted in my paper way back when, is that he, like, 
was totally, totally cool with the fanfic, and he, you know, just wanted Buffy to be something that people could build on and create more, more and more myths around, and that was like, you know, he considered that to be the ultimate compliment, which it should be. <laughs> well, isn't that what he does? I mean, building his own stuff up with each other. Yeah, no, I don't know what I was gonna say. I actually saw a conversation about fanfic on Twitter today, so I screenshot, uh, screenshot some things that I want to talk about in a bit, but. Um, I'm really tired, sorry, and I'm doing the Mystery McAfee matching while we talk because I'm really behind on life. Oh, I should also mention, like, because you mentioned, like, writing fic. Mm. I generally don't write any fic, um, but when I was a small youngling, I, uh, well, I had a diary, but I didn't, like, write about my life because my life was boring and depressing, so I wrote about, like, as if my life were, you know, as if I were Princess Leia, um, or if, as if I was a Jedi, you know, and like, oh, first it was, I was Power Ranger, and then I discovered Star Star Wars, and so I became a Jedi, and then I discovered Harry Potter, and so I took my Power Ranger and, uh, and Jedi powers into the Harry Potter universe, and I messed with plot lines there, um, and I saved everybody. It was really great. My, uh, fictional exploits in my diary were excellent. Publish um, them! <laughs> yes, <laughs> I don't even. I think I must have thrown it out because I was so like embarrassed at one point. But I don't know where they are anymore. I think they're gone. But um, yeah, this is what we call uh, self-insert fanfic. And no, I I did not. Uh, I did not ever post it anywhere. <laughs> but it was just, it was good for my soul and to rewrite my own life. <laughs> it was it was helpful at the time. I was gonna ask if like you know how Twitter fanfic works. I've never actually seen fanfic on Twitter. It is fascinating. Huh. Um, people, like, uh, I can't even explain it, but there was a really big BTS one two years so, ago. Wait, are these are these people writing fanfiction from their actual accounts, or are they, like, inventing a, like, I'm this character account? Is it, like, role-playing? Yeah. So, no, it's people have these accounts. They're called fic... So... I, I feel like I guess now is a good time to talk about um, uh, like RPF. So RPF is real person fanfic. It's usually celebrities. Most often, like the most popular RPF is almost always boy bands. Like One Direction was the most. Yeah, but there's a lot of like on anything with an ensemble cast. Um, yeah, and because to... people. Yeah, I mean, I just thought even like reality TV shows nowadays, and I think that's weird. Like, I think this is my perspective on RPF. And specifically for K-pop groups, I don't think I'd, I'd ever be comfortable with it for anybody else. Personally, I don't think there's any problem with it. But K-pop groups are 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 fictive. If that, that sounds really terrible, but K-pop stars are part of this whole idea of what a person is and what this talent is and what this entertainer is, and they're not really representative of themselves. It's, it's so a it's curated not, persona. Yeah, so I mean, I don't think they're not real people, but I think that their public persona is not ten- typically who they are as an individual. You're not seeing the whole part of them. It's like it's like you're you're seeing all these people only through the lens of social media solely, and that's you know how we interact with pretty much everybody in our lives. But for K-pop, it's it's like exemplified. It's it's like everything is the glossy social media lifestyle. So it's not just it's they never turn off the switch. So I think that it's very easy to fictionalize them. 
but a very prominent element of fictionalizing them is called is AU, so an alternate universe. Mm-hmm. And so fic AUs is probably the most prominent type of uh, like RPF among K-pop fans. I actually don't read canon verse K-pop like fix. I think it's kind of like I don't I don't find it comfortable to read stories where people are writing these people as if they're themselves. Uh, I think like it's just kind of too close to home because it is my career, but also because I think it's kind of invasive. But that's a personal thing. I don't think everybody feels that way, and I don't think people should feel that way. I'm just a weirdo. But I think a lot of the times, for especially K-pop fans, because so much of it is you know creating this idea in your head of who this person is when you're not engaging with them. So I think fi- like fix work really well because people can take these ideas of who these humans are to our perception and throw them into a character we want to write about. So I've read some really amazing fix where I can recognize traits of you know a star. Oh, oh, like a lot of like you know the ones who are always really good singers somehow is always in the plot that they're a good singer. And they take, you know, some traits that is associated, but it's kind of more like a guideline rather than this is the character. So it's not like, you know, like Leia or, I don't know, Harry Potter, you know, he's Harry. And you kind of have an idea of how Harry would act. So this is kind of, you have more of the the framework of who this person is, you know, like their age, you know what they look like, you know, kind of, or depending on if they're not Korean or not, or if they are Korean, uh, like you kind of have a ethnic background to them like sometimes people will put notes like i don't know anything about korea so i'm gonna put this in new york because i live in new york and i always think it's (laughs) i always think it's really nice because that means you're not you're you're respecting these people who you're writing about as the people you're writing about not the people who they are because you're not forcing you know their lives into your story that you don't how to write their lives so i always think that's really nice but i think you know there's no problem not doing it but back to the twitter thing (laughs) So pretty much fans will create accounts and they're not role-playing accounts. They're, they're fake accounts and they will tell stories through, you know, 500 tweets in a thread. (laughs) They will sometimes make them interactive. So, you know, you can do a poll. Do you want something to happen? And now there's this subsect. It's like, yes, no. So every single one is like, you get to pick everyone. And those ones kind of have turned into, it's, it's called like YN and it's your name. So it's, you're reading a fic and instead of the, the character's name, it just says YN and it's your name. And I think that's really kind of, it's like a self-insert, but for somebody else. Oh yeah. No, that is something that I noticed um, a lot um, in that. Cause I, I remember from, uh, this was a comparison that, that my brain drew when I got into Avengers fandom versus my last fandom, which was Glee and Clean. Um, and there was a lot of RPF in, um, in the Gleeverse, which I will talk about afterwards, R- but it RPF was- RPF in the Gleeverse? Like, it, um, between the actors, like, um, oh, that's Chris weird. Colfer, Sorry. And, yeah, Chris Colfer and, um, and Darren Chris and people, like, they looked at these actors and they're just, like, such adorable dorks and, like, they were like, can we just see them get together, please? And, like, there was, there was lots of, uh, there was lots of shipping, um, I don't, like, there were some people who were, like, you know, obviously in all RPF there was, like, you know, people who take it too far, and, like, but most of the time it's just, like, people writing these stories because they really want to explore this dynamic. Um, but what I noticed in Avengers fandom that I didn't remember seeing very much in the Glee fandom was, was these kind of, um, you know, self-insert fix, um, of, you know, like, the pairing would be, you know, Chris Evans and Reader, 
you know, or Sebastian Stan and Reader. You know, it was like basically anybody who, you know, wants some, you know, assist with their fantasizing about these people, you know, here, we'll help you out. <laughs> you know, we're going to write a story, you know, where you meet them at a fan meet and greet and, you know, sparks fly and things happen, you know, and like, I have, I don't read them because that's not really my cup of tea, um, but I, I more like, I tend to like the, um, the dynamics, you know, between the individual actors, um, and, like, not necessarily romantic dynamics, but, like, I find that, like, right now one of the dynamics that interests me most is just, um, Robert Downey Jr. and Chris Evans, um, just, like, because there's, they're very different personality-wise, and, like, they're very different in terms of their life experience and, obviously, age-wise, um, but they seem to really like each other and respect each other as artists, and I find that really interesting, and I, you know, would just like to read, you know, a buddy, you know, comedy uh, about them, you know, having wacky adventures and things like that. And there's just like, sadly, not enough of it. <laughs> but I so like that cute. sort of thing. I want to read that. Right? Like, I love that sort of thing. That's my crack, you know? Um, but crack yeah, fix. there's just not so much of that. But yeah, but like this, the, you know, the, the pairing up of the actor and the reader, um, I noticed that a lot. And I want, I like, I wonder is because, you know, people didn't do that in Glee because the actors were so young or, you know, it was just, you know, they would rather the characters hook up with each other than hook up with us. Like, I would, I don't know, like, what, you know, the zeitgeist of the fandom was that, you know, pushed particular directions or not. Um, well, there, but, yeah. there are definitely, like, um, phases in fanfiction. Like, I remember, mm-hmm. like, a year or two ago, you couldn't, like, you couldn't swing a cat around a fanfiction, around a fandom without hitting, like, soulmate AU. Um, oh, that's still a thing. I love so soulmate AU. Yeah, I mean it's still a thing, but I, but it was like it exploded, and all of a sudden everybody had something written on their skin that was matched to somebody else's, and I was like, oh my god, where did this come from? <laughs> um, and it's it's interesting how like to me going back to something you said as I'm about like it can be a particular dynamic or a particular feeling or a ship or a even an event or something in fan fiction that like you just. It's, it's almost, to me, more about that than it is the, the fandom specifically. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, it's playing out within this, and that's that's super important to your experience of it. But, like, I know I'll be in the mood for... Like, it, you're in the mood for something, you know? Yeah, and you can you're read, looking for something particular. Exactly. And you can read 15 different stories that are the same plot, and they will all be like, yes, I needed this exact thing, even though you just read it. it it's, it's really like an appetite um, and it's something that I, I think, I don't know if people, like, I've had that occasionally in books, you know, or, or TV shows where I'll be like, it'll usually be after I, I, I read or watch something very serious or intense. Um, and then I'll be like, I, I absolutely need something fluffy where nothing bad happens to anybody. Um, mm-hmm. But it, it doesn't usually manifest, I think, I, because because fan fiction is kind of like... I don't I don't want to call it like a, a pleasure cycle, but it it's created by the people who want to read the stuff that they're that they're making. So I think that mm-hmm. there's a certain amount of yeah, like definitely. Yeah. So I, I think there's a certain amount of um and again, it's not the like, you know, non fan fiction. Right. And it's it's funny because it's not like non fan fiction art is not wish fulfillment or self insert or, you know, this is this is I think a criticism of a lot of 
classics that people kind of accepted as, you know, or, or for example, Batman, you know, like <laughs> Batman is, is really kind of a, a Gary stew, um, you know, complete with the dead parents and the, 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 the reams of money. Like there's a lot of wish fulfillment in there. Um, but you know, but we don't call it that because it's about a guy basically. Uh, it's a male power fantasy. That's yeah. What yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, but when it is, you know, women's fantasies, but, but it is so interesting to me how like the, you know, fan fiction goes by, by taste a lot of the time, which gets into kind of, you know, the ranking systems that people use on the very specific, um, there are ranking systems that people use. Well, in terms of like, um, age and, um, more like tags, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Tags on AO3, archive of our own, are amazing. And like, I can, I can find my favorite tropes and I can just read all of them when I want to, you know? And it's just like, sometimes there are fixed and like, the authors are bad at tagging and like, I'll find out later, you know? Like, cause one of the things I love, I love, um, truth serum or truth spells or any time that the characters are forced to just be honest because there's always so much going on that the characters are you know hiding from each other and repressing and like you just want the boys to talk about their feelings okay and, like, so <laughs> getting boys like, to talk about their feelings is probably about a third of fan fiction <laughs> <laughs> at least um and it's just like but truth serums and like Especially, like, if, if one of them is dosed, but not the other, or both of them are... Whatever. I love all of it. And, like, sometimes I've run into fix that, like, we're not tagged for the truth serum. And I'm just like, I could have found you so much sooner. And so it would have been so much easier if you just effectively tagged your fix. But, yeah. Um, yeah, so there's definitely... Yeah, you look for the things that you like. Um, but also just, like, yeah, it builds on character dynamics more than plot often um and like yeah so that's why i think you know rpf you know is a natural outgrowth of that because celebrities are characters because we don't really know them yeah. um and we are just viewing them mostly when they have the switch turned on um so it's not like you know you're not really writing about them or reading about them you're reading about you know somebody's fictionalized version of them um but with you know particular dynamics that you know everybody is aware of and everybody you know can you know has an in because like that's the thing about why it's sometimes daunting you know and i'd rather read you know ten thousand fanfics <laughs> than start a new novel because you know i know the characters and i know what i'm getting into and i know the dynamics well enough you know that it doesn't feel like it's going to be work to you know whereas when i start a new book it's like i'm being introduced to all of this brand new information and like I don't have any guarantees that I'm going to like any of these dynamics or any of these characters and any of this world building. So I just, you know, I'd rather, you know, push that off and go into uh, a universe that I'm already invested in. Um, yeah, and also regarding RPF, like, I, I did read a lot of it when I was in the Gleeverse because I really liked the... I really liked Darren Chris and Chris Colfer, and I just, I wanted to read more of them, you know? Like, I watched all their interviews, you know? But, like, you run out of interviews, and you're like, what now? Um, and, like, I did, actually, my current novel is essentially, was inspired by RPF. Like, it's not, it's not actual RPF. The characters are not those, uh, they're, they're not based on 
Darren Chris and Chris Colfer anymore. Like, I gave them entirely new life histories. I gave them entirely new insecurities and hang-ups and um, things that they care about. And I just, you know, but I kept the scaffolding of, you know, uh, two young TV stars on a breakout hit TV show, high school TV show, um, where one is straight and one is gay. Um, And just, like, that was the scaffolding that I kept. um, And I built my entire characters and story um out of that um and went wherever I went with that um and yeah so like I I feel like you know I totally understand why actors would not (laughs) want to touch that stuff and would feel super creeped out and like I would probably never mention to an actor if I ever met them (laughs) that I if I read any RPF of them I would probably not bring it up (laughs) but um but I do think that like as long as you approach it as you know these are characters and it's character dynamics and you're not actually confusing it with reality or with the real people that are involved um it can be just you know another creative um outlet uh See, it's yeah, funny. It doesn't because, have to be creepy. Yeah, no, I definitely. What I'm saying. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't think it's creepy. I think a lot of my feelings towards RPF is, I mean, I pretty much. Yeah, but like, since you know, have to interact with them yeah. on a basis, that's, I mean, you know, a totally different consideration. I want to I totally I put this on the record that even if I have met them and have read, like, RPF about them, that is never listed. It's not the same person. It's, yeah, like, it's not reading, you associate with them. It's once not you at all. Know them. Right. Well, I well, think. Not, not I, even know them, but like these are the author's characters and the yeah. good author will make me forget that these guys are stars. So I never, I never, I'm, I'm really bad at like imagining things. Like I'm not reading it because these characters are the people I admire and I like. I'm reading it because I think that they could become good characters in a good person's hand. Like I'm always looking for a good writer. So I actually, I actually just became friends with one of my favorite fic writers on Twitter. And I read all of her stories, even if I don't follow that, that fandom at all. And she was just like, that's not normal. And I was like, oh, isn't it? But I just like your writing. Um, that's, I mean, I do find, I do go to certain fandoms and stuff. But I don't know. I think fan, fanfic writers are so talented. They give so much of themselves. I just read this fanfic. I was supposed to be doing work. And I read this fanfic that's like, was in the works for two and a half years. And you could see at each top of every author note that, you know, she was going to this concert and then this happened in the fandom and then this happened in her real life and, like, she got married. It was so intense and I was reading it in one day and her whole life was flashing before my eyes. But, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that's yeah. really cool. Well, it's, um, it's interesting to me how much, you know, like, to what degree fan fiction is sort of making the, the subtext of the way we consume media and and interact with celebrity text, you know? Because, like... It's almost like, like if, like how, not to, not to make this a sexy thing, but like how many, like there's a joke about how many guys have fantasies about Princess Leia, right? For example. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not, con- and, and that's considered, I don't know if it's considered normal, but it's considered standard in, in a lot of ways. Um, and the same goes for kind of any female celebrity. But the second, you know, you take that out of the realm of imagination or subtext, like everybody knows we're all doing it, but we're not going to talk about it, and then put it online and make it text, literally, you know, I, I, I think there's a certain amount of, um, like, discomfort in terms of 
we're we're supposed to pretend we're not doing this. Um, um sorry, I just my yeah. question in response to that is, but it, nobody has that same. I mean, it's not that we don't. A lot of people don't feel the same way towards them, but romance novels are seen as kind of different, even though it's essentially the same thing. Is it is it that different though? Because I feel like so I'm saying I'm saying it's not, but people. I think romance novels, you know, you see them at CVS, but fanfic is like, hush, hush. Like, I just said, I have never said that I do this publicly before, like, mm-hmm. on a recorded thing. To I don't think most of my friends know I read fanfic. Right. Uh, yeah, I know I, people who are, like, very, very, you know, under wraps about it because they well, feel I'm, like, you know, if it got out there, you know, it could have professional consequences. It could have personal consequences. It's, it's interesting. Well, I mean, like I said, I, I mean, I don't think... I don't think anybody's going to be like, oh, you can't interview our K-pop stars because you read fanfic. But <laughs> I, cause it doesn't matter. <laughs> Honestly, I don't think there's there's no real connection in my head between the stories and the people, except that I, you know, I can know what they look like and I have some framework. But there's actually a really... Can I, like, segue into a totally different conversation of yeah, something hilarious in K-pop? So regularly people ask k-pop stars if they know and if they look at their fanfic and occasionally they say yes but there's been uh, maybe two i can think of two instances where k-pop stars actually wrote their own fanfic about them and another member in their band because they were trolling people so badly there are there's Amazing. like this there's this famous one unfortunately the guy who did it is now like a sex offender and terrible human being oh, but no. Yeah, kind of sad. But he took, like, a ship that people had from his band, and he wrote the bonkers story that he he drew. He, like, also, it was, like, a cartoon. It was, like, a, a comic, almost, a fanfic comic. And it was about him and one of his bandmates and how he's an obsessed stalker with his bandmate, and it's the end of the world. It was this whole crazy thing. And it was, it was like, in 2008. So fanfic in K-pop has been around forever there's a tv show that i was watching like a, a korean television like a k-drama and actually the plot of the show is that she's a very intense fangirl and she doesn't know what she's doing with her life and her teacher in homeroom and high school uh, sees her passing around fanfic online and it turns out she's the biggest fanfic writer for one of these fandoms like in 1997 and she's printing out do you remember guys remember the the printouts with the the paper you have to rip off the side um, like yeah. the, the little copy yeah, paper, paper, right? Sort of the, no, 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 like the like printer paper that used to print in reels, and you had to like print, you had to like rip off the like the bindings. I feel like this is before my time. I I remember. <laughs> you're, you're you're you're. I'm older than age. you, but it was before my time. <laughs> I'm gonna send you a picture after because you definitely know what I'm talking about. Okay. Um, but so anyway, so like she was passing around like this pile of text and the teacher spots it and somehow he convinces her to change it all. It was, it was a, it was a slash fic and she like, he convinced her to change it all to a heteronormative fic and she submitted it and she went to school for literature. <laughs> so it was like a very funny plot point, but it's, it's really, I, I see so many fics that I'm just like, you should be a book. And I know more and more are getting turned into books and I know it's not, you know, cool all the time for them to be turned into books like I do think Fifty Shades of Grey is kind of comical that it came out of a book but I think there are so many stories where I have I have said to somebody like in a comment like you should see about publishing this like you should look into you know writing professionally because you are so talented and I mean they don't know I'm a writer professionally but I I let I like try to push them in the right direction but I don't know I always wonder why fix why are fix better than books 
I mean, I really do think it's what SM was talking about before, which is that we are already dialed in to... There's none of the barrier that even a sequel of a a series would have, you know? Like, when when I read, you know, the next Harry Potter that, that was coming out, I was always unbelievably excited, but there was always also a lot of anxiety and a lot of new information and new... I didn't have the word back then, but new canon that I had to integrate into my understanding, you know, and, and then with fan fiction, it's all the benefits, meaning, you know, everybody, you know, the relationships, you know, that the person, if you found the right fanfic who is writing the thing knows what you love about it. And there's none of the pressure because again, you can, you know, the, the people who get together are never like they're, the story is never over. They're never together. You can just go read another fan fiction of them being together. You don't, it's even, it's a different feeling, I think, even than, um, you know, rereading a book or something, because it's, it's not quite the same. Um, but do you, I, I reread fanfic a lot. Yeah, I've done that sometimes. Yeah, yeah. there have been a lot of my, my favorite fanfics currently in the Avengers fandom that I just, I have on my, I, I, I've been, I've been downloading them. You can download them straight off AO3 onto an e-reader. Yeah, and so, like great. I mentioned that I, you know, have fallen in love with my Kindle reader. Um, and, like, I just have just a whole library of this stuff. And, like, every so often I'll just I'll scroll through and I'll be like, I really, really want to read that one about, you know, that time when uh, Steve was the head of an assassin gang. And they're, like, Robin Hood assassins. And they, and they only take out bad people, but then they get hired to take out Tony Stark on the grounds that he's dealing weapons to terrorists, and so Steve goes undercover as his, you know, as his bodyguard, and um, and then he finds out that Tony is, like, not at all who they thought he was, and romance, and intrigue, and secrets, and lies, and it's it's an entire novel, and, like, I have read sections of this entire thing multiple times, and I just, you know, you don't get tired of it. <laughs> oh, wait. No, you definitely like scratching sorry. the right button. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. No, you don't. I've read. I read this one writer. She has a really good grasp on like different. I'm not like not different, but she's great. Like she's demisexual, and so each of her stories like relate to a character like discovering a type of part of their personality. So she like uses her own experience of self discovery to explore these different characters, and I just think she's really really good at it. Um, but what I was going to say was one of you, I don't remember if it was SM or Michal, one of you said something about how they always get together. Do you enjoy fanfic when it's not about the ships? Oh, I rarely read ship fanfic. I mean, sometimes I do. That's what I thought. I thought when you were talking originally, I was thinking, oh, I don't think you read fix about, like, you don't read ship fix usually. I do. I do sometimes. You know, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not a complete robot, but. Um. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, not about the angst but the way you were talking about the stories like i felt like something more like goldstein which is you know a story, story. yeah that is more my type or like one shot angst personally um i mean there are it's funny like there sometimes things will surprise you like there there was of all things a relationship on star wars rebels which was a cartoon that was on um that i have a, a weird relationship with because i was following it very closely for a while and then it just really didn't pay off for me, but that's my experience. Um, but there was one ship on there that I was just like, 
oh my god, I need to read all of the romantic fan fiction for this because I'm not getting it at all in the show, and I see it so clear. Like, it it exists for me, but it doesn't mm-hmm. exist in the canon, so I need to, like, see like it Like Zutara. Yeah, Zutara, well, Zutara, I think, uh, even less, canon? because in, in Star Wars Rebels, I mean, if anybody knows, it was the characters Kanan and Hera, and the show, up until the very end, was like, what? No, they're not together. I don't, they don't have feelings. Well, they're just friends. And then it was just like, oh, yeah, they're together. And by the way, she's pregnant, and also he's dead. So, like, um, it, it was, it was like, I was very upset. Um, spoilers for Star Wars Rebels, but it's been, it aired, like, two years ago. Um, and, you know, it, it, so I, I needed that, that thing. It was almost like, it wasn't even speculation on my part. It was, it was like, no, 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 this is real in the story. It's just not in the story for whatever reason. Yeah, exactly. So it's, it's even more than like shipping two characters who aren't together. Although I do that too. I mean, I have, I have a, I have a crack ship that to me is like, I'm a little bit like, why do I like this? This is like so bizarre and I'm not even, I don't understand, (laughs) but on a on a on a crack ship level, I, I ship Stannis and Sansa from Game of Thrones, which is bonkers. That's weird. It is weird, and it's <laughs> but it's but it's also interesting. That's also like an exclusively a fan fiction thing because I don't I don't want those characters to get together in the books. Like I, I don't care if they ever interact in the books. It's just the it's like the concept of it that I can imagine the way in which it might work. And that is what interests me in the ship, not the possibility of it in the story. So it's like two opposite examples, really, um, of yeah, one thing that, that I thought that. should be there and one thing that I don't think should be there, and yet I still like both fanfic. And anyway, I do read ships, okay, sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we had dis- we had discussed in the in the romance episode that we did um, about how like you know romance writing is often you know a way to explore dynamics that you don't necessarily want to see in real life or in canon or whatever it is you know but you find the concept interesting um so like you know unhealthy relationships and things or like like we said we mentioned the soulmate AUs like the idea of a soulmate to me is like in real life that would be horrifying you know that's incredibly unhealthy you know to obsess about one person and be unable to move on ever because you are just destined to be with one person and you have no choice in this matter and like to me that is just like horror <laughs> um but uh, or, or the good but, place yeah but in but in fic it's like it creates this extra layer of you know of tension and of longing and of yearning which is like part of what makes the getting together at the end pay off so much you know and so like there are things that you can do um in fiction because it's fiction um that you know that work really well um that you can enjoy in a fictionalized safe setting um, that, you know, don't necessarily have any parallel, you know, uh, to real life. Mm-hmm. And like what you were saying, like that, that same thing applies to, you know, canon, you can ship something in, uh, you know, in fic that you don't really care for at all in canon, you know, just because you like the concept of it, even if it really wouldn't work in the actual story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's funny because there's, there's, even as we're talking about all of these different things, there's we're just scratching the surface of fan fiction. Oh yeah! Oh my God! There's so much more. I feel like we should just do a lightning round to close it out. Of like, what are your favorite fanfic tropes? Oh, <laughs> you know? yeah, I'm totally into that. Do you want to do that? Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. 
we can maybe we can maybe pick this conversation up um, sooner rather we can than do later. A part two. Yeah, um, but we've all uh, we're really busy. <laughs> um, oh wait, I, I wanted to. Read oh yeah, yeah. Tweet. whatever. Never mind. It's fine. Oh no, no, go ahead. No, read it. No, 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 then we do our lightning round. What's the lightning round? Sorry, it was texting. <laughs> we're gonna do a lightning round of what our uh, what our favorite tropes are. Oh, okay, that's great. Uh, yeah, so there was this tweet, just I saw it had like 9,000 likes, and it was going around, so like 5,000 tweets. It was just a really funny one. It's by at shout O-W-O. I think that's supposed to be the emoji, like a woo, but a woe. Uh, so shout a woe. <laughs> and it's quotes, I don't really read anymore, quotes, end quotes. It's just quote for actually I read quite a lot, but it's all gay fan fiction on AO3, but I refuse to tell you that under any circumstance. <laughs> and, then, and then the whole comments were all so hilarious. So the next one is, what do you read? Oh, I'm really into short stories or novellas in different genres written by independent publishers. <laughs> so I, read, I read a lot. Well, what do you like to read? Mostly romance. And then they have like the, the, the secretive eyes. You know, the ones that are, like, looking left. I think yeah. it's such a funny emoji. And then the next one um, was, for the first time ever, I had to take out an extension on a library book because I keep getting distracted by reading, writing AO3 books to finish the actual book. It's a good book. It would make a great co- uh, cost- crossover, so I may write, write the crossover later. So it was this whole thread of just people talking about their fanfic experience and how it relates to books and how people think of literature. And I just thought it was so funny. It's so true. Yeah. It's so real. <laughs> It is. And the the thing I keep coming back to is like, again, you know, we treat this like a modern phenomenon. It's not, this is how, you know, mythology literally came to be, you know, people telling stories and embellishing the stories and, you know, uh, making their own versions and changing details yeah. they didn't like. And, you know, this is, this is to me just how creativity works. And while I think that there's a very valid part of it that is, you know, about copyright and intellectual property. And I don't think that that's like nonsense. I also think that in the realm of fan fiction where things stay on the internet um, and are not, you know, you don't pay people in anything other than like compliments. um, Yeah. I, I I think it's, it's delightful and wonderful. Um, But yeah. Okay. So let's end this. We're going to close this out with a lightning round of our favorite fanfic tropes. Um, SM, it was your idea, so you go first. <laughs> okay, well, I already mentioned truth serum, so I gotta go with something else. Um, identity porn. Identity porn, which does not necessarily contain any actual porn. It is just the, uh, term for when one or both of the characters have a secret identity. Um, and this complicates their relationship in infinite ways, where, like, like oh my god there's just so many ways that secret identities screw with everything and it like sometimes it's just basically you know a comedy of errors rom-com sort of thing you know where like one character confesses to the other guy without realizing that he's confessing to the actual person that he is you know in love with him you know or whatever <laughs> just like so many ways to go about it and just like and then you know the dramatic identity reveals and just ah oh, Everything about it. I love it. <laughs> uh, I'm really into, like, domestic fix. Like, I love stories where, you know, like, they're, like, 20 years down the road and dealing with their kids or something. I just think it's so nice and heartwarming. I'm, like, the opposite of Michal. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going through my my history on AO3, and I'm trying to, like... I can... I have another one. I can do another yeah, one. go ahead. 
Okay, so we can go like round, like go backwards. Yeah. So my other one that I really am into, even though you guys were like, that was so last year. Soulmate Fix, I think they're really nice. I love I, them too. Okay. You're not. I think alone. they're. I think they're so cute. I think that they sometimes really explore really interesting dynamics about what it means to be connected to someone. And I often think that the best ones are the ones that kind of make the. But this is like just my feelings on Soulmate Fix are the ones that are just like, well, everybody is connected. Like you, you fall for someone. You. you you end up with someone because you encounter them in your life and this is just the instead of you know meeting at school and falling in love with each other or you know meeting through like a dating app like it's it's there's the world telling you what to do and you know nobody ever really figures out why i've, I've heard like one or two where it's like a digital thing or something but usually it's just like yeah soulmates they exist i love it yeah i mean i i definitely like um i'm not a huge au person but if you get into like a history kind of au I definitely like that. So, like, if you're if you're taking something, for example, back to you know Tudor England, um, I I'm into it. <laughs> um, that's partly because I'm obsessed with Tudor England, but um, yeah, I like that. I I'm I kind of like arranged marriages um, in fic. I think it's it's interesting to see what people do with that. Um, I I prefer a more realistic take than just like oh we don't know each other now we fall in love. But I like the the I think it puts it in the right circumstances. It can put characters through a lot of really interesting work that they have to do together um, and individually. So I uh, yeah I kind of I kind of appreciate that. Oh, I just remembered one of the things that I just, like really got me early on in the in the uh, Captain America Iron Man fandom was um, any fix where one or both of them have panic attacks and the other one helps them through it. It's just like, oh my god. Like, I, there's hurt comfort and then there's, like, specifically panic attack. Hurt <laughs> comfort. <laughs> like, like, I don't know if anybody tags for that, but, like, that, oh my god, I can't get enough of that. Yeah. There's also a certain, I mean, to, to say the complete opposite of the thing I said, and, you know, I don't, I don't always like this, but there is a certain, like, modernization, so they'll be like, Game of Thrones fan fictions that are like set in a college or something like that, you know. Oh yeah, and, and the high school AUs. High yeah, school I, high school not specifically. I'm not. Yeah, going I don't to, like but, high school ones as college is good. But like, yeah, like whole, just the whole world is like transported into the into the world and like seeing those, the way. Those are the ones I like the most. Yeah, because mm-hmm. it's so cool to see the way writers like adapt things and make them, you know, m- make them the same but different, basically at, at the same time. Um, yeah. Yeah. I apparently love anything that is transported into the Star Trek universe. Like, <laughs> I almost pretty much read anything that's in the Star Trek universe. Like I've read two of these. Like the one, the fanfic that I'm the, that I'm podficking is set uh, is Avengers in the Star Trek universe, and Tony is a chief engineer and Steve is the captain. But I recently found one that was um, they gave credit to the to the author of this of this fic for inspiring them to write one that was also set in the Star Trek universe, but took a different tack and made Tony is like, um, half human, half Vulcan and like, doesn't fit anywhere. And, um, and it really works well with the character and there's just, yeah. So like when, 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 when it's done well, integrating different characters into a different fictional universe, like also Harry Potter AUs are really interesting when done well. Um, and like, obviously there's the house sorting and everything, but there's also just like the, the magic dynamics and the, and the societal dynamics of wizard society and where everybody would fall in there. Yeah. There's just when, when an author has a really good understanding of 
both the characters that they're transplanting and the world that they're transplanting them into, it really, really works. Yep, I agree. Um, so that is going to wrap up our conversation for now on fan fiction. Again, I'm sure, you know, it, it might actually be interesting to do a, um, like a, a almost a Q&A. Yeah, like if, if people want to email us or tweet us about um, what you like in fan fiction, if you have any questions, if you don't read fan fiction and you're like, I still don't understand, um, We'll judge you slightly, but that's okay. You can you can talk to us. Um, and it's okay. We're we're here to open the doors for you. We are not here to mock. Yes, exactly. What was that sound? Was that on Michal's side? No, that was on my end. I think somebody just drove down the street on a motorcycle or a car with a really bad Very, muffler. Very loud. Um, well, yeah, no, that's great. Um, we can do one of those mini episodes that I wanted to suggest. That we yeah, do no, absolutely. Um, so sure. And yeah, if, if you have suggestions for little mini episodes um, that we would basically focus on discussion and um, kind of dive right into a, a small specific topic, definitely let us know about that. Um, so, Tamar, where can people find you on the internet? I don't want to be found because I'm actually being attacked by trolls right now on Twitter oh, as they're talking, so fun times. But you can find me at Tamar Rice on Twitter and Instagram and read my writing at Billboard. And only nice messages, please. Um, yeah, you could cut that. You could cut that out. Okay. I, I said it before and on purpose. All right, yeah, people are crazy. Um, SM, how about you? Um, you can follow my public posts on Facebook, where I've been very funny lately. Um, and you can buy my uh, fiction on Amazon.com at Amazon.com/author/smrosenberg. And as for me, you can find me on Twitter at InkAsRain. You can find my writing at hypebull.com, and you can find us, the Nice Jewish Fangirls, on Twitter at, at Jewish Fangirls. You can find us on Facebook at Nice Jewish Fangirls. You can uh, send us an email at NiceJewishFangirls at gmail.com. And uh, yeah, as always, leave us a review on iTunes. Um, five stars if you don't mind, because that helps our rating. Um, if you have a complaint, definitely let us know, but do that in private. Um, yeah, so that's gonna that's gonna do it for us this week. And uh, oh gosh, how do fan fictions end usually, guys? They don't like nobody writes the end at the end of fan fiction. No, oh, they some do people that. do, but they also do Finn and right, yeah. Finn, Finn, yeah, happens. yeah. All right, so Finn. Or usually it's like an author's note. Right. <laughs> thanks, thanks so much for joining me on this journey. I'm so happy you've stuck with me. Leave a comment or yes, and here are 500 links to fan arts that have been made over the course of this this series, which are always amazing. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. All right. So live long and prosper, everyone.